Homeboy, throw in the towel. Your girl got dick by Ricky Powell. It's going off <laughs> with Rap Critic and Muse. R.I.P. Ricky Powell. Alternatively, I wanted to say something to the effect of like, uh, you know the song Spiderwebs? I was going to say something to the effect of like... Uh, um, the yarn balls, that one. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say something about uh, I'm too busy culturally appropriating, leave a message and I'll call you back. Something like that. <laughs> uh, we, uh, well, first of all, how are you doing? I, I meant to ask. I'm doing all right, you know, winter holiday mm. vacationing time is over, so now it's time to, you know, get back to work, you know what I'm saying, time to get busy. Back home safe and sound. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, trying to schedule, trying to ske- get better at scheduling shit in the new year to just kind of, like, get all my shit, you know? <laughs> what better way to start the year off by loudly declaring that you are Japanese when, oh, man. by all accounts, I would debate that <laughs> yo what in the world like just i was like i you know when you're reading something and you have to do that blink double take when you're like really processing what the controversy is oh. you're like like oh <laughs> like so yeah just to let you guys know <laughs> to fill y'all in if y'all haven't heard about this one this has actually kind of been a thing for a minute that people have been talking about oh sure but, but gwen hasn't formally addressed it till now i don't think she says, what is the specific wording she says? She says, uh... I am Japanese. Yes, says. yes, he says, I am, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I need to hear the inflection. If it's, yeah. I'm Japanese, you know, that's, that's, like, conversational. If it's, I'm Japanese, you know, then that's more <laughs> like she's trying to teach us a thing or two, and I don't know yeah. if I believe that one 100%. She's talking to this Asian interviewer, by the way. <laughs> that's rough. Yeah. That's the thing that just like adds the like you that just brought it into full relief as I could see the arrested development type moment unfolding. Like, you know, it's like uh, th- this is her saying, oh, that was my Japanese influence and that was a culture that was so rich with tradition, yet so futuristic with so much attention to art and detail and discipline, and it was fascinating to me. She said, explaining how her father, who's an Italian American, uh, mm-hmm. would return with stories of street performers cosplaying as Elvis and stylish women with colorful hair. Then as an adult, she was able to try Travel to Harajuku to see them herself. I said, my God, I'm Japanese, and I didn't know it. As those words seemed to hang in the air between us, she continued, I am, you know. She then oh, explained no. that there is innocence to her relationship with Japanese culture, referring to herself as a super fan. It's just like, the, Look, huh? <laughs> just because your dad's Italian and they were part of the axis of evil with Japan in World War II isn't close oh, no. enough to make you Japanese, Gwen. That, that's not enough DNA there. Like, just the fact that she's specifically in front of this Asian person's face, because they're, uh, they're Pacific Islander, I believe, but still, you know what I mean? Like, in the, like had the nerve to do that, oh, I am, you know. <laughs> Please acknowledge this. It's like, oh, what are you doing? What I saw was the tweet thread from Variety starting, uh, Stefani was first visiting Japan's Harajuku district. I said, my God, I'm Japanese. I didn't even know it, you know. Uh, according to Allure magazine, Stefani asserted twice she was Japanese and a little bit of a Japanese girl during the interview. That feels redundant. But she then goes on to say, Mm -hmm. because now she feels like, you know, there's pushback. Now I got to get defensive. If people are going to criticize me for being a fan of something beautiful and sharing that, then I just think that doesn't feel right. It should be okay to be inspired by other cultures because if we're not allowed 
then that's dividing people, right? Not what people are critiquing you for. They're, they're no. critiquing you because you're saying that you're fucking the vapors over here. You're saying that you would turn to Japanese in no the fucking way. You're not a fucking weeb, Gwen. There's a difference. <laughs> I'm an otaku, you know. No, you're not. You hired, and I don't even know how well you paid them. I've heard differing stories on that one. A group of women to follow you around, not look you in the eye, and not ever say anything. That's fucking yeah. weird, Gwen. You're right? Yeah. Like if you, like if Gwen just took a second and acknowledged that it was fucking weird. The <laughs> fact that she's doubling down on this. Like, yeah, it's the double down that makes you go like, oh, oh no, oh, you're you're planted in a certain way of thinking, and you were you were, and we just didn't ask hard enough before, and now we're realizing. <laughs> it's like twenty years later, Gwen. Are you right. still? Di- are you still digging your heels in that shit you did twenty fucking years ago? Uh, uh, well, are you part Indian too? Because remember the bendy the thing. Bendy. Are you? Are you oh. that? Or did you abandon that? And here's my thing. It's like, you know, when when it comes to like, like, and I was uh, saying to you earlier, I was like, I could understand saying like, hey, you know, I've I've become so like, uh, you know, like living here is so nice for me and like really loving the people and appreciate, like it's the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation, right? Like appreciation is like, I love this so much. It feels like a a, a bit of my heart is here. Like that's fine. But saying I am this identity. It's like, uh, what are you doing? She's just so stuck in that 90s mentality of like, oh, I like this thing. It's fine for me to like do it. I don't have to think about putting on the, you know, Native American headdress. What? It's, look, it's just for a fashion shoot. Like, you know what I mean? It's that sort of like, I'm not like saying a slur. Like, what? I like the thing. Like, it's okay for me to play around with it. And it's like, what else? things it's like, just, ah, uh, please just listen to what people are saying. Like I said, you can hear the way she's talking, that she's talking around the real criticism, <laughs> which is that like, no, you said you're a Japanese person. No, you're not. <laughs> like, I, I think we're long overdue for a Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani, racist Halloween couple costume picture to come out. I'm surprised oh, no. we haven't seen one by now. Like, who is that? Mm. Did Reese Witherspoon do that? Someone did the the Native oh, American Jesus. cowboy couple mm. picture. It was it was like a pretty big <laughs> celebrity, and people were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> I, I I don't know if, for sure if it was uh, Reese Witherspoon or not. I, it, yeah, was, I, it was some know, blonde woman. It's right on the tip. Yeah, yeah, you're right on. The, it's right on the tip. They all look the same to me. All all blonde oh, no. actresses <laughs> look the same. They're all Reese Witherspoon. I can't discern. <laughs> What, what, who's the latest one? It's a uh, something Hendrix, right? She is she the latest oh, one. Uh, oh, I thought about Anna Kendricks. I or don't Christina think, Hendricks. I don't think Christina Hendricks. Uh, are these different people? She's playing at Woodstock. She's lighting a guitar on fire. <laughs> Wait, am I not? Is there oh, not a okay. something? Well, she's a redhead for one. Oh my man. <laughs> I mean, it's not like she's here. I don't think she's gonna take offense to you getting her hair color wrong. But, but yeah, Anna she's Kendrick uh, and Christina Hendrick and Christina like Margot Hendricks. Robbie is my girl. Okay, that's the one I know. All right, that's my one. Christina is a forty-seven-year-old redhead, and we're like, who's the young blonde on the scene? <laughs> Making big waves, taking Hollywood by storm. Uh, is this the names? I don't even think Anna Kendrick is blonde either. No. No, she is not. She has brown hair. She's a brunette. 
Oh, <laughs> okay, let's let's. I'll let you try that one. Who are? What, what, I'm trying to think of some other than Margot Robbie. I really can't. Margot Robbie. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Right. But, uh, uh, come on, I've seen a lot of movies. Margot it's gotta Robbie. be. Well, she is blonde. She's only 32. That's younger. I don't keep that much in touch with who's like the hot, like the hot movie stars right now. Like I, I had a moment where I realized, like, oh wait, Brad Pitt is like a past movie star, right? Like Brad Pitt's like fucking sixty now. I don't know how fucking old. Yeah, he is. right. Like two thousand nine was the last time. It's like, uh, uh, here is Brad Pitt, the actor, not the legacy actor at this point in a new movie. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Okay, I was just guessing about Brad Pitt. He does turn 60 this year. Wow, look at that. Wow, wow. <laughs> Folks, we've got a, quite the stacked oh, show. Right. <laughs> we've got two reviewer requests. Yeah, and we're um, going off as we usually do, you know? <laughs> or reviewer suggestions, I don't know. M me and RC, RC and I have both brought an album of our own to the show to talk about, and uh, we didn't right. want to leave out the listeners, the people on our uh, Kofi out entirely, that is uh, ko-fi.com slash going off, where you can request an album to be reviewed on a future episode. Uh, we wanted to get a listener request in there also. So this week for you, we got the listener request Sabbath Bloody Sabbath by Black Sabbath um, from uh, Dr. Goatman! <laughs> I didn't even mean that as a dramatic pause. There was a loud car outside and it scared me for a second. Um, thank you. Um, RC is bringing a hip-hop classic to the table. Yes, I specifically wanted to do it because, uh, you know, their music's apparently is coming to streaming for the first fucking time because oh, so much God. of it is tied up in sampling and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, but someone was able to do it with the Beastie Boys, but not but not them, I guess. Uh. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, we're talking we're talking Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul, and mm -hmm. uh, I have uh, I remembered because we talked about this a while ago, and I distinctly remember you saying something to the effect of like, hadn't heard uh, Paul's Boutique all the way through, so I was like, is that still the case? Have you still not heard that yet? So and, I was like, okay, and I thought tripping? we needed to change uh, that. Or are these both from 19, 1989? Uh, probably. <laughs> I, I would imagine like, so. Or are they not? Or are they? I think so. And I don't think we did that. On, we didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> I was thinking originally to, to do like, oh, maybe we should do one of their later albums just because it's like, I know they get better with time, you know. Mm. Uh, but then I was like, well, but this is kind of like the one that started it all. This is the one we want to have out there to be like the, hey, let's talk about the, you know, the first one everyone's going to be jumping to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, then when I, like, when you suggested this one, I was like, oh, yeah, Paul's Boutique from, and I was like, wait, no, but isn't that other album from the Beastie Boys from this year? No, it was this one? I was like, oh, well, all right, I guess it's the year 1989 is the number. <laughs> <laughs> Another summer. Get down. Should we start with Sabbath? I say we start with Sabbath, yeah, because that's that the shortest one. That does make the most sense. Yeah, that's true. We did both happen to pick long fucking rap albums. I don't know. <laughs> so we're talking Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I, I'm not too terribly um, familiar with Sabbath, and I've never really listened to a Sabbath album the whole way through. None of them. I know I'm going to get 
hate for that. And yeah, Beavis and Butthead are going to have to come on here and call you a dill. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> but um, this is a, not later, later, but I think it's like their fourth or something album. And yeah, um, apparently this is the one where they first started really getting like praise from critics or something. Well, it's definitely the one that's a bit more of a um, deviation from just like straightforward heavy metal. You got fucking Moog synthesizers on here. Like, yeah, they're, they're actually trying some different shit. Artsy, I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Um, I'm curious what your feelings on this album were. Look, <laughs> I came to like, you know, like I said, uh, I, I'm, I'm not the person who's listened to these classical rock joints as much. I'm more of a surface fan. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the mm-hmm. hits. I can remember those all day. Crazy train. I got you. Iron you Man. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes, but when it comes to like the nitty, the nitty gritty, I was just like, oh, I'm just not acquainted. I just kind of associated like, oh, it's the, the Beavis and Butthead. It's just like songs about death and blood something something you know like <laughs> with a guy with an epic high voice you know what i'm saying i'm just expecting yeah. that like stereotype whatever and man can i tell you when i listened to this out i was just so fucking taken aback by just how much i enjoyed the musicality of what was happening yeah. on this fucking thing I, oh no were you not feeling it as well no no <laughs> oh i thought you were going i thought you were hitting the yeah no i, I was genuinely uh surprised also, I thought this album was way better than I expected it to be, only because I don't really hear people talk about Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, as much as the other ones. Yeah, like, I just know them as the legacy of the, oh, those are the guys with the, I mean, this album cover, you know, just looks like what I'm supposed to expect, oh, you know. Right? Like, it's the cover is incredible. <laughs> you know, like, 666. But yeah, this was way more diverse uh, yeah, than and I complex. thought it was going to be. Definitely showing their range on here. I did, however, think that uh, if I got to throw some criticism its way, that the first half, um, we're talking Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, um, A National Acrobat, uh, Fluff, Mm. and uh, Sabra Cadabra, I think those are just almost flawless banger after banger after banger Mm. after banger. Side two, I wasn't as big on. We're talking... Mm. uh, uh, killing yourself to live who are you looking for today and spiral architect i thought who are you and looking for today were the weaker cuts on the album uh especially compared to the first side which i thought were like almost flawless fives for all four cuts honestly i thought those were incredible hmm you know as i'm looking at it i don't know i I think I enjoyed the way the music and the lyrics and the imagery kind of like sucked me in as it got further into the aesthetic. I, I'm looking at my ratings. I actually think I ended up liking the later tracks even more. It's, it, now, it's just interesting how it starts off, though, right? Like, you know, with the, the uh, very first track, I, it doesn't like hit as hard as I was expecting it to hit. Maybe I was expecting like 80s metal or something like that, but my brain was just like, Huh, this feels a little, like, chilled out a, a little bit more than I was expecting, you know what I mean? It, like, it wasn't thrashy, it was more, like, sludgy, doom kind yeah. of, like... 
not as sludgy. You know what I mean? There's a there's a certain tempo to it that doesn't necessarily have it just to be in the. You know what I'm saying? Like it has some kick to it, has some pep to it. Um, and the lyrics are just so interesting. Like the the poetry in this is just like I was actually really thrown off by how it was just like, oh wow, like because it's a kiss off song. It's like a fuck the hater song, but it doesn't like. It doesn't really come off like that. It's not like a corn type, you know, fuck you, I'm going to put you in the face, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. This song is, and I'll quote here, um, according to bassist Geezer Butler, who I think wrote most of the lyrics, if not all of them. Yeah, and what a name. <laughs> the, the song is about the Sabbath, the, the Sabbath experience, the ups and the downs, the good times, the bad times, the ripoffs, the business side of all of it. It was a backs to the wall rant at everyone who tried to cash in on Black Sabbath, especially lawyers. So yeah, mm. this definitely is a fuck the hater song, but we did just recently hear that Pantera song that I think did it right. so much worse. The <laughs> yes, fuck you, wow. for you MTV. Oh yeah, <laughs> what is Ozzy got it? Oh wait, he has a fucking reality <laughs> show on there. He's probably not gonna say anything. Um, yeah, but I mean, especially the chorus. Um, nobody will ever let you know when mm. you ask the questions why. They all just tell you that you're on your own. Fill your head all full of lives, you bastards! <laughs> yeah, he like this, yells, "You bastards!" It's like, oh like, shit! Yeah, this doesn't come across as like, "Ooh, I'm doing a you know d- d- demonic version of Pink Floyd." You know, like we're d- doing really just like it's like this is actually pretty down to earth and understanding of like I can understand kids being into this and be like, "Yeah, man, no one really tells us what the fuck is going on." They just like fucking fill us with bullshit. Da, da, da. Like I totally get why teenagers were fucking hype on this shit. And why the parents were fucking pissed off, why they were secretly actually pissed off and acting like it was about, oh, it's because the, the de- demonic imagery. It's like, but she barely says anything about any demons or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, This is a very oddly optimistic album for, yeah, honestly. for heavy metal from the fucking <laughs> late 70s. Like, I was definitely expecting more dark, especially, like you said, with, with the cover and everything. Yeah, you definitely go in thinking it's going to be more like, ooh, it's like, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Oh, what's this about? I'm the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. (laughs) Yeah, it's not even that, but I got to. I mean, everyone deserves credit here, but Geezer with the fucking lyrics... And Ozzy, mm. oh my god. His voice, oh, it's Oof. such an epic tenor wail to it. Oh my god, it's so commanding. Ozzy has an incredible fucking voice. I don't think, like, if you just hear the hits, I don't think he really does yeah, nearly as do much. justice. Even solo tracks like Crazy Train, he doesn't really have it going on there. But, yeah, just listen to some of these and the high notes he hits on here. Like, especially on Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, hitting the fucking high notes is wow. Holy mm. shit. Mm-hmm. And we're talking just epic, classic riffs on just, like, every one of these cuts. Yeah. Oh. But the way this song switches up from mm-hmm. the just... To just, like, the really sweet, um, softer guitars during the chorus. And then just, like, the seamless transition back to the riffs. And there's a sick instrumental break. Oh, God. Yeah, it's absolutely. so good, man. Incredible opening track. I think a National Acrobat, almost as good. Um, you're right, you're right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got some really interesting stuff in there that um, I wasn't necessarily expecting. In particular, there's a sort of funky guitar switch I up. was just thinking, I was like, there's a little tinge of funk going on with the one-handle, 
And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was that, and then it switched up again to where I wouldn't even categorize this as metal. At, at, yeah, at the, the end, end of the song. Where it's, it has like, it kind of goes into like a positive major kind of sound, and it feels like you're like sliding on the guitar and shit. Like, and yo, I was like, what was that? And you know I gotta shout out the bongos. Whenever I hear bongos <laughs> and songs that I'm not expecting them, whoa, this fucking they song add a texture. Rips. They really do. <laughs> yeah, and especially like the lyrics. I quoted this too. Another geezer quote. Uh, the lyrics describe the thoughts of an unborn child. In the end, the lyrics give some general advice about life itself. As we were all born, we should live our lives to the fullest. A national acrobat was just me thinking about who selects what sperm gets through to the egg. Satan was hardly ever conjured up in our lyrics. And when he was, it wasn't in the religious sense, but in the sense that Satan was alive and well and the people who govern us and manipulate us and kill us in their wars. And it's just like, holy shit, like, there's so much more going on that these parents that just look at an image and then just go like, ah, it's demonic. It's like, bitch, they're trying to tell your kids about the world, like, (laughs) and you're not listening because what he said demon is. And it's like, you're not doing it. Someone you're has right. to. If, if it's going to be Ozzy and Geezer, let them fucking do it. Speaking of shit you wouldn't exactly expect, going oh, into man. fluff. <laughs> Can I tell you? I was like just having this moment where I was like, oh man, not only is this like, hey, you know, this is actually more respectable, right? It's not like necessarily the, the Alice Cooper spit at the teacher, you know what I mean? Like, it's... <laughs> There really isn't the the shock element here, you know? <laughs> you know, it's more like, well, this is actual, like, working man's rock sort of, like, lyricism, you know what I mean? And then, but it's like, but it still has a hard edge to it. And then when it gets to fluff, and it's just this slight, dude, stairway to heaven, like, doo, 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 bleh, doo, doo, doo. I was like, oh, uh. Oh, <laughs> like it's like when you expected like this roller coaster where you're going to have all these twists and turns, but all of a sudden you're just like floating and it's like, well, I guess this is pleasant too, but I just wasn't expecting this. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, this instrumental piece was named after DJ Alan Fluff Freeman. He was one of the few people on the radio who would play Black Sabbath songs. That's awesome. <laughs> and the song is goddamn beautiful like yeah but it's like they've got to be knowing they're doing this on purpose like the irony of like hey guys on track three let's let's just do this and it's just like you got to see ozzy sitting there just like casually like drinking a bottle of water just letting the music play you know and and i love that it's not at the end of side one either like it still comes back with sabracadabra so you still end the side with a fucking kick-ass tune oh for sure yeah Oh man, it's Abracadabra, yo! I, and I love the bright synths with the crunchy bluesy beat mixed with it. Oh man! Yeah, man. <laughs> that was kicking. Again, there are two aspects of this that were, again, very unexpected for me. One, Rick Wakeman of Yes coming in with a fucking Moog solo. Mmm, is that it? According to the Genius article, um, he was recording something, he was bored. He called up Black Sabbath and was like, hey, what are y'all doing? And he's like, oh, you want to come over and hear what we're doing? He's like, yeah, sure, I'll check it out. So he played uh, Sabra Cadabra for him, and Rick was like, hmm, this is pretty good. And and uh, someone, it might have been Giza, was like, hey, you know, I've been tinkering around on the um, on the piano a little bit here. I don't really have too much going on here because he had this, like, synthesizer that he was just kind of tooling around with. He wasn't too knowledgeable wow. on it. So he's mm. just kind of hitting some notes, and Rick is like, hmm, let me try something. And he does something, and they're just like, holy shit, that's great. Can we use that? And he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. 
And they're like, how much should we pay you? And he's like, just get me a fucking drink. I don't care. So it's like, wow. was he not even fucking paid for this? Jesus. <laughs> and it adds such an extra texture. Yeah, it's just like, whoa, we just zapped into a different galaxy. Wait. The Moog adds so much. Ozzy has this like warbled vocals going on. There's yeah. whammy guitar in the intro. Um, there's affected vocal bits towards the end that almost to me sounded like uh, hip hop record scratches. You know what oh, I'm talking yeah. about? Oh yeah, I was just like, huh? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, like, I couldn't tell what that again? was. And then yeah. on top of all that, they have this fucking piano shit that was adding so mm. much swag to the song. Yes. This album oh, fucks my God. so hard. Yeah, man. I was just like, wait, how has this not been sampled by someone? Hold on. <laughs> and again, another quote from Geezer on this one. Um, Ozzy's original lyrics were based on a sex tape we'd been listening to in the studio <laughs> where we were recording. They'd been recording uh, English freaks. voiceovers for a German porno. Unfortunately, I changed them to a more acceptable version. He says, unfortunately. So even here, Geezer admits Ozzy's lyrics were better. That they were about this German porn they were watching. Wow. I do understand as I'm looking at my ratings, uh, tracks five and six, I don't like as much as tracks uh, seven and eight. Oh, but okay. I, I do think that they are so, the, the closes are so freaking good. But uh, just mm. getting through the first two, uh, Killing Yourself to Live. Like, uh, my problem with these is that it just feels like it just needed one more verse in each one or just something like that. Because, mm. like, with the Who Are You, it just felt like it didn't really bring it home. And I, I kind of yeah. felt like one of these two tracks kind of felt like track one again and had a similar groove to it. Where I was just like, hey, wait a minute. I kind of feel like we already did this one. You know what I mean? You know what's funny? Um, when, when I heard the second track, I almost thought, hey, this kind of sounds like the last song. It's just how the songs start. It was, it was like a very similar riff to open. Because, yeah, Tribes 5 and 6, they're cool, but it just felt like they don't... Because, like, the way it ends with, it was just like, I only have one more question before my time is through. Please, I beg you, tell me in the name of hell, who are you? And it's like, it's just not that big of a, like, you know what I mean? Like, thing oh, to close yeah, on. Oh, like, big payoff. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but looking for today... Mm. Man, that one just hit for me. Uh, uh, especially with the the looking forward to that when it just brought that ringer of a hook back at the end. I was just like, I am on board. Like I had that exact same feeling I got from a what Sunless Saturday from a, the that that Fishbone track. You know what I mean? Where it was just like, holy oh, yeah. shit! How is this not on rock radio constantly? Don't delay. You're in today, but tomorrow is another dream. Sunday's star is Monday's scar. Out of date before you're even seen. At the top yeah. so quick to flop. You're so new, but rotting in decay. Like butterflies so quick to die, but you're only looking for today. Like, oof. Man, yo, just like, like I said, this isn't just like doobie gloom. This is actually like peeking into the soul of the man. <laughs> you know, like. Killing yourself to live. It says, uh. Like, Yeezer wrote it while in the hospital for kidney problems caused by heavy drinking, um, although Bill Ward was also heavily drinking, so the refrain talks about mm. sex, drugs, rock and roll uh, that they were living, killing themselves day by day because of the drugs, but it was the only way to live with the constant tours and loneliness of mm. the rock star life. Uh, this yes. has a more obscure meaning for Geezer, who was also a depressed person, uh, so drugs were really his unique option to stay alive. Like, jeez, mm. man. So much depth here. And that yeah. one has the fucking bluesy switch up at the end, too. I had to, I had to yep, quote yep. that out. 
and it has the Moog on it again. Geezer mm-hmm. loved that fucking synth. He loved the synth. Oh, and there was a man. synth opening on Who Are You also. I was like, ooh, ooh, yeah. what's going on here? But on, on looking for today, there's, uh, I think it's the the hook, yeah, the, the bridge where he says, everyone just gets on top of you. The, the pain begins to eat your pride. You can't believe in anything you knew. When was the last time that you cried? Ooh, <laughs> it was just, yeah. the way it comes out is just so like, holy fuck. Like, that's gotta be the, like, imagine the person hearing that for the first time, you know, and, and all the shielded masculinity that you have to carry on in the 70s. And then a man just saying, yo, bro, when's the last time you cried? It's just like a, uh, <laughs> it is different to me because um our other podcast we're doing own a detox podcast there's a big narrative in that podcast about um one person in particular just outwardly saying crying is gay and crying oh is, man and all these like emotions or whatever but he talks about like oh yeah i cried all the time when i was a kid and one and when eventually like one of the hosts is like Dude, when's the last time you cried? And oh, he literally no. said like it was like twenty something years ago. It's like, oh my oh, god, man, no. what? <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was such a moment of just like, what the fuck is happening here? So yeah, it reminded me of that. We end the album really strong too. Great orchestration going on oh, in this one. I'm telling you, I could see the the spiraling t- t- uh, towers going up as mm. the like violins were, were like playing all around on the hook. It's just like, oh my God, I'm telling you. <laughs> the album definitely deserved the round of applause from the live audience yeah. at the end of the album. Yeah. It was it's so like, just yeah. like, you yeah. masters, but you know you deserved it. And they didn't even end it right exactly on that too. It was like the drums came back in a little bit. So I'm like, but it comes see us live and you can hear some more you know like that sort of like and now here's a little extra for the people who stay you know someone needs to be throwing flowers on the stage right oh my god take a fucking bow ozzy god damn jesus christ can i just say oh cool ass imagery alert Superstitious century, didn't time go slow? Separating sanity, watching children grow, syncopated undertakers, spiral skies, silver ships on plasmic oceans in disguise. I was oh. just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we're like, not fucking around on this, this one. This motherfucker just flashed me to the future. And, and of course, <laughs> now my ass, I'm thinking, oh, is it like, you know, like in a future where there's like, I don't know, uh, acidic oceans we have to go through? Oh, it was like, no. it's that sort of thing where he's talking about. He's like, no, nah, it, it was about drugs. But you know that gorillas thing where it's always like is it about this deeper abstract thing no it's just drugs but you know you can take right it out you, you know <laughs> but just being able to layer like this is that cool drug talk where it's like holy oh, shit yeah. i wouldn't have thought to say it like that you know what i mean that's how you write a drug lyric god damn it <laughs> what did you get i i have to give it a five i, got five I gotta give it that shining five my friend <sighs> Uh, I, I came out with, my, my exact score was a 4.3. I'm around it up to a 4.5. Mm. I can't give it the 5, but it's damn close. I'm already looking to buy a copy, because this was really fucking good. I say Beastie Boys next. The Beasties? Okay. Yeah, Daylon's okay. last, because they're the guests of honor in this modern age, where they're coming back. They're coming back that on streaming true. platforms. We actually you know? have a reason for talking about them. We don't really have a reason for talking about Paul's Boutique, aside from the fact that I think, and I usually think words like this get thrown around too much, and they lose their mm. meaning. Mm. I gotta say... I think Paul's Boutique is one of the greatest rap albums ever made. I think Mm. it's up there 
with just about any other one you could name. This has such re-listenability re for me, and the goddamn Dust Brothers on the production, the, every fucking they song, okay. they have so many memorable moments, like all the fucking sampling. I think That explains so fucking much. I think I've mentioned before that um, people consider this, or like if you actually take into account all the samples, it would be one of the most expensive rap albums to ever make with all the fucking shit that they sampled on here, but times were different, so you can get away with that shit. So there's there's a song on here that is nothing but samples of Beatles songs, and you would never mm -hmm. fucking get away with that. But then you fucking look at uh, License to Ill, and that album was like nothing but Zeppelin samples. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like people were not fucking telling them no. Like, they just weren't asking. <laughs> Uh, and I think people just didn't understand what was happening when they were doing what they were doing. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Which, hey, you know, take advantage of the moment. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let fucking Bismarck Key take the fall on this right. one. Oh, man, that's so cold when they did him. <laughs> just oh. when he was getting started, just when he was fucking picking up some steam, getting some heat, Gilbert O'Sullivan has to pop his head out. No, 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 no. no. It wasn't even the fucking hit song. Yeah, it no. was like... <laughs> Fucking asshole. It's like, well, I'm not getting royalties on this, so I fucking better get something out of it. I already hyped it up, and I have a feeling you might knock me down to size. What huh. did you think about uh, Paul's Boutique? I have to say that this is the most unappetizing disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I, completely the opposite. It was like the thing where it's like, hey, I, I've always been a surface fan of the Beastie Boys. You know, I love the hits. I love the sabotage. I love the you know what I'm saying? I love the, you gotta fight. I love these tracks, but like, I've just never taken the time to listen to a full, you know, I was so like, I would always hear people go like, oh man, Beastie Boys are wagged up. And it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I can't act like when I hear their songs, I'm not like hearing half the time them saying like weird, random family guy like non sequiturs, you know? But oh, it was yeah. a thing where it's like, but because their energy is so fun, it's like, I mean, you know, the the uh, the, the mileage varies certainly from track to track, but it's like, yeah. in, in a general sense, you're just so enjoying their energy that it's like, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> and so um, now, like, especially uh, uh, from, you know, you, you hear their transition from like the earlier stuff when it's just like the 80s B-Boy stuff. And then like the, my reputation for them, right, is knowing them as those guys who were able to make that such a natural transition, right, while still being them, but being experimental and going into this new age and, you know, doing, like, always being them, but, you know, always sort of evolving so it never feels like, hey, isn't that that group from the 80s? You know what I mean? Like, it feels like, oh, that's, oh. of course, the Beastie Boys, that legacy group, you know what I mean? I think it is funny that you mention that because when you look at License to Ill and you think about what they were like on tour, what they were like in interviews at the time, if you go back and you look... They are just the biggest assholes on yeah. tour. They're just they're just trolling everybody. They're pissing people off. Yeah, isn't the idea that they're doing it on it was all a persona to be like, oh, we're doing the frat guy, but it's like yeah. not really parody because they're just doing it, but <laughs> you know? We're gonna be ten times more obnoxious and in your face and we're just gonna have a giant dick on stage as part of our stage <laughs> setup. It's just a giant dick coming out of a box as we <laughs> open for Madonna. Yeah, this is gonna go over oh really well. Wow. And you look at that album, 
and just how sophomoric that whole album is and how it's just like, ugh. And then you look at the other album that we actually reviewed on the show before, uh, Ill Communication. Oh, man. Where there's the line straight up where it's like, uh, you know, where they, they give a shout out to women and it's like, hey, y'all, you got to respect women because, you know. It is like a rap about his Buddhism and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, whoa. Look at the fucking, the journey. Not even 10 years. Yeah, like. Right. And here is the middle ground where <laughs> they're not as obnoxious and rude and annoying. Right, that, yeah. <laughs> that high nasal voice on Ill, on License to Ill, that's gone. We don't really hear that as much anymore. Would you believe it? That Capital made a big fuck deal about this album. They fucking went all out. They held a big party on the roof of the this album sounds like a fucking party. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is going to be fucking huge. All of you have been waiting so fucking long, t- two years, for a new Beastie uh-huh. Boys album. Y'all have been clamoring. And that one, if you remember, was the Def Jam Rick Rubin uh, production. And now they've they've broken free of Rick Rubin. And apparently he was an asshole. They were fucking robbing their pockets. They weren't letting them see nearly as much of the money as they should have. So the boys are free to do whatever the fuck they want. And they're going to put their whole fucking beastie pussies into this one, guys. People could not fucking wait. And this album did so fucking bad. And all the critics hated it. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) It just about, it just about sunk them. It about ruined and ended their fucking careers. Because the label had such high hopes. They inflated their expectations for this album so fucking high. And then it just did dog shit numbers. Nobody wanted this. They wanted License to Ill 2. This was not it. And people were fucking mad. People were just like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Now it's one of these albums, though, that is notorious to where it was an album that like reviewers and magazines shit on relentlessly, saying it was like the worst follow-up, that now those same publications are putting it in like top 10 tier lists and stuff like that. Because (laughs) over time, they've looked back on it and they have more of an appreciation for it. And you're able to see it in its place in regards to like what it influenced, you know, like, yeah. I had a completely different experience. My experience with the Beastie Boys was I was in high school and I was doing radio, and someone in one of the stereo systems had left one of the discs of one of the uh, Beastie Boys compilations. Ooh. And I, I just stole it. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. know who fucking put it in there or what, but I stole it. And I listened to it and eventually ended up buying you know the whole set so I could hear more of it. So... I've been fucking with the Beastie Boys since like my mid-teens, and they were really, they were really the first rap group I got into in a big, big way. Because you know, I've told the story before. As a white kid, rap is a genre when you, when you're when you're young, it can be a little a little intimidating, you know. So you look for the sure. easy ins. Eminem is there. But, you know, he was doing his thing, and by this time, he was kind of already doing ass like that, and I wasn't really fucking oh, with God, that. Yeah. So, where am I gonna go? Oh, what the fuck are Beasties doing? And then I heard that album, and I heard fucking mm. Paul's Boutique, and since then, mm. I've been saying, wow, fucking Paul's Boutique is one of, the, one of the strongest, best rap albums I've ever heard. And even after all this time, after 
300 episodes we've been doing, doing this show, reviewing rap albums. I'm still sitting here going, you know what? <laughs> I'd still take Paul's, Paul's Boutique over just about a vast majority of them. Like, there are some standouts that mm. like, oh, well, you know, it's not as good as that. But, dude, man, I don't know. Something about... Because, like, like I said before, sometimes the production is enough that even if the songs aren't the strongest lyrically, they're such a fucking vibe. They bop mm-hmm. so fucking hard. Right, that right. Like y'all could the, be saying yeah. anything. It's just like this hangout movie, like this plotless sort of like, hey, we're going over here hanging with these motherfuckers, and then we're going over here hanging with these motherfuckers, and wait, who the fuck is that guy? Yo, it's the homeless dude. And, then, then like, and it just feels like so naturally like, you know, just like, yo, you're hanging out in Brooklyn. This is what Brooklyn's really like, motherfucker. We're going to hang out and we might get into a fist fight or something like that. But, you know, that's just living in the city. You know, it's just like the ups <laughs> and the downs. It's just like, so just like, welcome to New York for real, for real. You know what I mean? Like, this, yeah. this isn't the tourist album. This is the actually visiting your cousin and seeing the real New York, you know? like Yeah, <laughs> it really does give you a taste. On certain tracks where it feels like uh, the energy kind of runs out and it's just like, okay, where are we going with this? But there's other tracks where it's just so manages that hypeness in a way where it's just like I don't give a fuck just keep going <laughs> um uh going to track what well there's the intro the fucking oh, weird yeah. I hated that intro that so like did not prep me for what was gonna happen I was just like oh god it goes it's on boys. for so long yeah man. and all the different types of girls to the Indian girls to the Jamaican girls the Italian girls and it was like and at one point I I literally said this is actually gonna be my intro i was gonna go like oh my god is he gonna do fucking naked ladies of the world come why you wait come <laughs> come to paul's boutique why why you wait you know like the ask, fucking ask for janice yeah but but, it, but then he literally says to the topless girls i was like oh my god he literally just says it <laughs> the, oh the topless ladies <laughs> the way you said it doesn't prepare you too because i forget exactly what he says but he's just talking and like, oh the when shake your rump starts it's like oh shit never mind any of that shit that <laughs> shit's done yeah it feels like you're like you know you're coming into this thing and of course oh you're coming to this neighborhood and of course you want to see you know the the seedy underbelly the hot chicks first so we're about to go to the red light district and then like you know the the uh someone from tony's pizza who needs you to be doing the job he sneaks you up by the neck like hey what are you doing we gotta get these orders you know (laughs) fucking john saturo from do the right thing flops down the fucking pizza boxes and you're gonna make your fucking deliveries (laughs) and then we bounce right into the heart of like uh, just the insanity ooh, ooh. oh my god and they just start going like this track is so insane <laughs> <laughs> and it has oh and it has like the way it's like you know they're just like flowing doing the things ramming and it's like it's one of those things where it's just like so you know it, some things are like really cool and i don't really know if that was cool but the, the way you said it was such finesse who gives a shit you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> like so like a pimp on pimp and got a boat and he's stripping nothing wrong with my leg i'm just b-boy limping <laughs> got arrested <laughs> at the mardi gras for jumping on a float my man mca's got a beard like a billy goat oh and it's like it's like what <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, but, you go. but then there'll be like one or three lines where it'll be like, and I'll be busting routines and ramming all night, like eating burgers or a chicken. You'll be picking your nose. Picking your nose. Like, what? Oh, that's how it goes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like eating burgers or chicken. You'll be picking your nose, you know? 
Like, with the bags of onion rings. Yeah, oh my God, that's, that's, that's a great line. Mike D with your bad self running things. What up with your bad breath on your rings? And then and he that, just jumps in. Oh, I came back from the dead. Like, and it's such a great, like, you can clearly tell these are friends who joke on each other all the time. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I uh, on all. each other. You got a yeah. fucking billy goat beard. Oh, your breath fucking smells like onion drinks. Yeah, we don't fuck you. I'm back right. from the dead. It's such a different energy of like most rap songs. Which is usually like, well, I'm the best guy. And don't you fuck with me. Well, I'm actually the better best guy. You know, it's just like, ah, we're just chilling. We're hanging out. Whatever. You know, it's fun. You know, like, yeah, man. And that creamy digital bass line that comes in after the verses. Oh, man. It's so insane. This oh, track is the way it just wow. hits you with the energy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo. I don't know how anyone could hate on this album after hearing the first cut. I like, don't get it. How are you not just blown the fuck away by Shake Your Up? The song is so fucking dope. And you got the fucking samples, the, uh, it's the joint, right, right yeah. before the chorus. Oh, come on. Which also so gets good. sampled in the other album we did. <laughs> oh, shit, did it? The, that's the joint, yeah. Oh, my God. What? The, oh, there's probably a lot of coincidences I didn't pick up on. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and, I, and then we get to Johnny Raya. Johnny, Johnny Raya. A fucking story track. Oh man, with that rambling guitar in the background, that tiny little ding, 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 ding. And like, and it's, like it's so insane how it, it kind of sounds like the homeless guy kind of like, you know, having a bit of a fit or something like that. You know what I mean? Like the way the music kind of comes out, like with the way it's so janky and sideways and it's like, what the fuck is happening? And then, yeah, it's like, man, it's like a story, but it's not really a story. It's, it's more like a character piece where it's like, hey, yeah, it's like, hey, here's this guy, and, you know, uh, but don't disrespect him. He has his own past, you know, that sort of thing. Like, it's, like, weird how it gives respect to him in a sort of, like, you know, just casual way where it's just like, hey, he's not just, just some homeless guy. He actually was in a band, and he was this, like, awesome dude or whatever. But then it seems to introduce, like, this idea of, like, maybe he wasn't, and it's an illusion. Like... Did you get that feeling too at the end where it's like Louis Vuitton with the Gucci guitar, Johnny Royale, and you hear the, who do you who think, do you think you, are? you are? Yeah, oh. we're just like, wait, what? Is it like casting doubt on it? You know what I mean? It's just so insane. Because like, yeah, it, it brings up sort of like, a, he got a platinum voice, but only gold records on the bass was boots and on the drums was checkers. And it kind of felt like the sort of like, oh, is he calling to an actual band that he in? But like, well, Chubby Checker and Boots, they wouldn't have been around the same time, but maybe, maybe that's just like the name of like the guys that were in their group. Or maybe it was like, oh, you know, we did super groups or something like that, and or maybe it's just a delusion. Oh, you wouldn't believe me because oh, well, the, maybe some of it was true, or you know what I mean. And like it just gives you this really weirdly real 3D picture of this character. <laughs> you yeah, know? he's doing all this. He's flashy. It says he's got hand-me-down pumas, and then yeah. it, but, but then later it says uh, he paid his dues playing the blues. He claims that he wrote the blue suede shoes. Like, well, did he? I don't yeah. know. And then he asked for a dollar. You know what it's for, man. Bottle after bottle. He always needs more. He's no less important than your working class devs. He drinks a lot of liquor, but he don't drink piss. Like, I just love that random, like, hey, show him respect, too. He's still a person, you know? Like, <laughs> Johnny Royale is a bum on my stoop. I gave him 50 cents to buy some soup. He knows the time with the fresh Gucci watch. He's even more over than the mayor, Ed Koch. Like, Yo. everyone loves this dude. <laughs> Everyone just yeah. knows him. He's a fucking character that everyone in town is like, oh, fuck, Johnny Royale. Like, everyone fucking, like, that's what the chorus kind of sounds yeah, like when that's people see him on the street. Johnny Royale. Johnny Royale. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you a wave. He's like, hey, what's up, boys? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and then we get Eggman, which just flips it up <laughs> again. Eggman. 
just so early in this out, we've already got so many characters. <laughs> now we're just throwing eggs at each other. Yeah, like that's and, the song. And it's like this pusher man music that kind of starts it off, but then it turns into this goofy fifties horror flick music at the end. It's so fucking cool. God damn this song! <laughs> it has the psycho shower music at yeah, the end of it. It's so goddamn cool. Oh my cool. god. Jesus Christ, like, what an awesome song. I was like, get out of here, PC boys, what the fuck? The fucking part where it just sneaks, where, where it switches up is like, uh, uh, up on the roof, I'm in my car, up all night, I'm going through, I'm going through science like Dolomite. Yeah. The Mac, who... I'm the Eggman. Taxi driver? I'm the Eggman. And then just immediately, <laughs> we all dressed in black. We snuck up yeah. around the back. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> it's just this high energy roller coaster that just keeps getting faster. <laughs> it's such a fun song. So many of these songs are just like goofy, fun shit. Like, Licensed Ill was goofy too, but in a different way that <laughs> I just don't like as much. It was goofy in a very sophomore, immature way that if you're of that energy, you know what I'm saying? If you're feeling stupid and goofy or if you're just 12, you know, like you're going yeah. to be feeling that. You know what I mean? It's that like dumb guy YouTube energy. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, it, that has its place, but it can be kind of one note after a while, right? Like, but with yeah. this, it feels like so much more life. Like with this, it just feels like they were, in, the first album feels like they were just in their rooms fucking about and just kind of yeah. telling you all their dick jokes. And this one is like the, hey, let's hang out in the neighborhood and check out and like kick it with some people and really show you, you know, what what, what living with us is like, you know? Because then we go from like the fun Eggman oh, to High Plains Drifter. High Plains, High Plains, High Plains Drifter. I love that the whole fucking time. <laughs> that kept fucking taking me out, like the way they kept layering it. We're just like, I could listen to this forever. <laughs> and just that, bow wow, bow wow. Yeah. Oh my god. And this beat, yo, this beat is having sex so it, <laughs> this beat is having such good sex right now. <laughs> oh. Oh, I was oh like, yeah, Jesus that's Christ. right. It, it, it just starts moaning and shit. Yeah. No. It's like, oh, what the fuck is happening back there? And just the way he starts his verse, like, and, and like, it doesn't really go to a, like, I, I don't think it really goes to, like, a big story that amounts to much, but it just, like, the way it kicks off, like, pulled over to the river to take a rest, put out a pair of flies, pulled a bullet out my chest, like, whoa, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I wonder if, because there was a song on the first album where they all kind of play the roles of, like, Oh, almost like Old West Cowboys. Oh, like that Paul Revere. Uh, uh, Paul Revere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if this was like a, um, or wait, no, um, or wait, was it Paul Revere or Ryman and Steelin'? Fuck, I don't remember. Anyway. The one where they shoot the piano guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, where, where, where they all, like, meet up with each other. It's a song of, like, how the Beastie Boys all, like, how they all met. Yeah, but it's yeah. all about just like they they hold each other up at gunpoint, pretty much. <laughs> it, it feels like it might be a sequel to that, but not really because it's like in modern times. Because he's like Robin is like stealing cars and shit. Yeah, yeah. Kmart and, shoplifter, you know. Th this one is such a detailed story. It's fucking like goddamn yeah, Alice's I'm restaurant. Doing yeah, I'm doing one twenty plowing over mailboxes, radar detector to tell me where the cops is. <laughs> 
And just the way it ends, he's like, he gets oh, yeah. arrested, he gets thrown in jail, he sits there for a while, but he gets out, he goes straight to the OTB, he's betting on horses, he leaves the racetrack with money, he wins pretty, he wins a good <laughs> bit of money, he leaves, and then steals the car. Yeah, and isn't there something where it's just like, the mailboxes are still trailing behind him by the end of the verse or something like that? I think so. <laughs> I love the way the song ends, too. Brought my ticket to the window and collected my win. Then I broke into my new car with a coat hanger, hot-wired, hot-wheeled, and and then it just plays this, it plays this Ramones sample as if the radio just kicked on. Susie is a headbanger. It's like, oh, my God. The Jesus way it incorporated Christ. that as like environmental noise was so fucking cool. Then Sounds of Science just fucking <laughs> kicks things into just a whole other goddamn hemisphere. Like what the fuck? Like this sounds like a Futurama song that would play if they were doing like a 1920s sort of like send up of a black and white cartoon or something like that. You know, like. Oh, yeah. It's so like the way the beat is using all these little things that sound like a steampunk engine kind of going, you know what I mean? And the way they're like rhyming with like, now here we're dropping science, dropping out all over, like bumping around the town when you're driving in a Range Rover, expanding the horizon and expanding the parameters, expanding the rhymes of sucker FC amateurs. And like, oh. and it's one of those things like, they, they ain't saying any shit, but it just sounds fucking good. <laughs> like, I got science for any occasion, postulating theorems, formulating equations. Well, well, cheat wizard in a snow blizzard, eat a chicken gizzard with a girl named Lizard. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? I don't fucking know. Dropping science like Galileo dropped the Drop orange. The orange. <laughs> <laughs> And, and just those things, like, I know that wasn't it, but it just feels like they're just fucking with you just to say it. Like, yeah, that's sort of like, am I about to rhyme this thing? But what rhymes with origin? It was an apple, wasn't it? But I'm just, I don't know. I just wanted to say it like that, you know? And we got fucking samples of The End by the Beatles from uh, Abbey Road, uh, Sgt. Pepper's, the reprise of Sgt. Pepper's, back in the USSR from uh, the White Album. I think um, it's not it's not listed here on um, who sampled, but I'm pretty sure during the first verse it samples when I'm 64. So mm. many Beatles samples that I'm sure just weren't mm. not cleared, mm. not even thought to clear. Yeah, why are you snitching on a muse? <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> they got away with it now. The stat- yeah, <laughs> one of them's dead. God damn it! <laughs> Show some respect, copyright lawyers. <laughs> It's one of those, holy shit, is this not a 90s song? This isn't like a late 90s Beastie Boys song where it's like, oh, we're so weird and experimental. It sounds like we're on this fucking futuristic rocker going back and forth or whatever the fuck this beat is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, man. It's so insane. Like, I really had to have the moment of like, 1989 is the number? Are you serious? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um, uh, And then the way it ends that track and starts with three minute rule where it just like sounds like someone's playing ping pong in the background or something. Oh, yeah. And the ball like falls (laughs) off the table and just bouncing away. It's like, we're we're really in a fraternity. Just like. Yeah, I think um, I think Three Minute Rule ended up getting my lowest rating just because it wasn't like as strong as the other ones. Yeah, but oh my it's god, it's so hard to contest against the other songs on here. 
Yeah, and it's like, and it's one of those things where like the flow of how they do things matters, and that matters just how they put the words together. Because there'll be a couple of lines, especially on here, where it's just like going on for a while, and it just feels like, are they saying anything? And then it's just like they're not really keeping in the flow. Like that one line where it's just like people come up to me and they try to talk shit. Man, I was making records and you were sucking your mother's. It was just like uh, that, okay, that I just, do love that. that. I was making records and you were sucking your mama's dick. <laughs> but it's just so awkwardly forced that it's like. Uh, it messes it up for me, you know? Then we get, hey, ladies! Oh, get funky. Goddamn, oh hey, ladies. Do, 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 do. And this is one of those tracks where I remember listening to it outside. I remember, like, randomly hearing it, like, you know, out somewhere, hearing it in the wild and not liking it. Because it's just like, what is wow. this? It doesn't really feel like it. Like, it just keeps moving around in a weird way. Like, I think just without the context of an album, it feels different when you're in the funk of how weird this sound is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like... When I was, like, it was one of those things, like, I remember hearing this music and how it felt, but, like, it feels like it fits more when I'm hearing it on this album now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely a fucking enjoyable track. And again, it's, like, it's just, like, a cool-ass time. <laughs> yeah, fucking Hey Ladies is, like, the closest this, the, like, the goofiness gets. And the video is absurd. Hey Ladies is so much fun. And the... <laughs> <laughs> the transition. Oh my between... god! The, the, this fucking Hey Arnold ass album that I'm listening to right now, <laughs> where it's like, oh, we gotta cut over to Wilbur hanging out with his pigs. <laughs> oh, what else is going on down the block? Yeah. <laughs> These fucking. <laughs> Even in the big city, there's always someone who's got like a little farm, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone has fucking chickens in New York. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> But you, yeah, you just hear this crazy banjo going. They're all just hooting and hollering. <laughs> it's like what the and fuck? Then, the way it cuts off so abrupt into <laughs> looking down the barrel of the gun is like, oh Jesus! And Which man, is like easily the hardest song on the album. Yo, that time sample, the dum, 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 the way they put it in, I was like, God damn! Uh, like that alone was the argument for why sampling is an art. The way they flipped that and already just added a air of grandiosity that would not have been there without that little tinge of that sample being over it. Like it's like holy shit. The one part where it where it's it's just it's the combination of the lyrics and the sample where it just goes looking down the barrel of a gun son of a son of a gun son of a bitch yeah. getting paid getting rich and then it's just it's like oh god <laughs> the way the guitar just squeals after that oh yeah. Jesus and this is the song Nikki biting the Beastie Boys. I'm a die harder than my kid Bruce Willis. Fucking <laughs> Nikki coming through later with that fucking you the illest. Oh yeah. I'm a die hard die like hard, Bruce uh, Willis. No. Then we got uh, Car Thief. Another like again, it's like a stream of conscious type of story where it's just like shit is just happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think there's a car thief involved. They they seem to bring him up. Like it seems like a guy is just having a like cre- uh fucking weird ass like drug trip. And then like uh, <laughs> was I in the middle of stealing a car? Like you know. So the lights are flashing, my mind is spinning. I feel like there's always the beginning of another, oh, another rhyme of rapping. Yeah, like oh. the way they just build it over in that really clever way of like the self-aware way of doing it, you know? Just like I was like, holy shit. Over. Yeah. Um now what comes around is the first track where it kind of loses a little bit of steam to me, where it's just like, alright, it's fun, but it's just a little too loosey-goosey with this shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, I can I can see that. 
Um, but then it picks right back up again with Shadrack. Shadrack, you jack and tread to go. Shadrack, oh. you jack and tread to go. This fucking rolling ass, dope ass beat. Oh my God. And here we have like the Abbey Road medley, the fucking B-Boys bully oh, bass. Oh man. <laughs> Can I tell you? Yeah, yo, I'm gonna I'm I'm throw down the gauntlet right now. Their end of album medley, blowing it up to do some weird art thing, better than the Beatles ones. I'm yeah. I'm throwing it down right now. <laughs> the way it like leads into it with that that comfy sounding little sample of that guy, you know, talking like, "Hey, as for Paul's boutique, like it feels like we really just like walked by there, like oh maybe somebody stole like a coat or something like that, you know?" <laughs> yeah, the guy over the phone. Which again, Paul's boutique isn't a real place either. <laughs> they just like it's made that not- shit up. <laughs> I wanted to god damn it I wanted to so go to this place like man next time I'm going to New York I gotta go to Paul's Boutique what the fuck is that album cover then I'm pretty sure they made up that sign that says Paul's Boutique no where's that place then I've seen it it it, it exists I've seen it I mean the the, the building in the street exists there just isn't a place called Paul's Boutique unfortunately oh my god you can't ask for Janice Another another bit of uh, New York uh, ephemera and mythos uh, dashed from my uh, staff, dashed from my hopes. <laughs> I assure you, it's still just as ridiculous as you might think. But then again, this is also <laughs> 89 New York. This is Ed Koch's New York. This isn't Rudy Giuliani mm. New York. This isn't Bloomberg New York. You know, it's definitely a different scene. This is the edge of when people talked about how fucking dirty and dangerous New York was, but it was still a Wild West. Yeah, this is on the edge of the taxi driver aesthetic. Uh. Yes, yeah, the fucking warriors bullshit, like... But man, you still want to go though. <laughs> it's like you still gotta check it around, out. But come on, you can't live your life without going to New York. <laughs> you gotta at least check it out. Oh my um, god! So when we get into this, uh, Christie Street, all, all these songs that are just like <laughs> these, this because uh, it has the weird titling, the B Boy Babuya Bass, uh, Christie Street. Oh, what is what is a Babuya Bass? What is that? What is Christie Street? I, I don't I don't know. I don't care. Let's let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the way this, yeah, because it's all, um, these are all like one or two minute, sometimes not even a minute songs yeah. here. They're all just like mini songs in progress that they just whipped together, but they're all so distinctly different. Yeah, it so works. It's the weirdest thing. We are like, this shouldn't work. This should be like some, and hey, now that the album's done, here's a bunch of Lucy's, but it's like, no, this feels right. Like, it feels like we we walked through, it feels like we're getting to the climax of the movie. Like, earlier, you know, you have more time to, like, see the sides and see stuff, and then it's like, now action's happening, we gotta move, and we're gonna, oh my god, we gotta get to the show, we only got 15 minutes, but yo, we gotta drop by and so-and-so's place to pick up the diamonds. Da-da-da. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> you got, like, um, in Stop That Train, you got that sample. The Stop Yeah, we gotta get on, we gotta get on the mitt or the mer, whatever the heck that, the lur, whatever the fuck that thing is called. To get back into New York. <laughs> but they're also different because then it was just Hello Brooklyn, just that boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and how that. And I, I thought that was a single or something, right? Because I feel like people sample that all the time. 
And then it's just a minute and 30 second thing. It's just a little thing. Yeah, it's just like a minute. I thought it was a whole last song. I was like, no, it's just this little part. Like, it just got so built up because I feel like I hear hip hop. Like, guys, you know, and, oh, yeah, Brooklyn. Hello, bro. Like, I always hear that part. But then it's just like, yeah, a minute and a half of just fucking around. And one lyric in particular, which made it kind of like, whoa, how has this become such a New York anthem? Where it's like, because they don't know my name, only know my initials, building bombs in the attic for elected officials. Like, whoa. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <Like> what the fuck, <laughs> guys? <laughs> calm it down. <laughs> Maybe that's why it didn't take off at first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. in the middle of B-boy bully base, though. You can easily <laughs> overlook that. And the way they ended, to, like th- this, is straight up one of those things where it's like, if they play this on the radio, yeah, they need to play all nine of these fucking tracks. <laughs> that, that, that's oh my go. god! Yeah, <laughs> the fucking yeah. good times sample. <laughs> good times, good oh, and, times. And the way they ended, where it's like, uh, uh, was like, you got a boyfriend and his name is Nick. Annabelle caught him with a strippy lip dick. I ride around town just because my ride is fly. I shot a man in Brooklyn just to just watch, watch him die. Fucking hell! So good. And then we um, got a fucking uh, Johnny Cash sample on the next one. Right. Wait, Three wait, feet that? high and rise. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> true. These weird parallels. So um, fucking many. The only, I think the only song that I did like was Dropping Names, where it was just like, even for the rest of these tracks, even around the rest of these tracks, it felt too short. And M-I-K-E on the M-I-C is only 48 <laughs> seconds, but it's a god. Oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that that felt slightly more like a full song. <laughs> it felt like a, a more complete idea. That what, what was you? What even happened in Drummond Days? It was just like he, he, he throws his fist against the post until it says he's got the ghost. He throws his fist against the post. And it was like, oh, okay, that was kind of something. And then it's just like, and then it just kind of goes to this other thing about a guy. I'm nicknamed Shan Rockwell. My name is not Jameson. Oh, yeah. on the tip because my, my homie is, is famous. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, but then uh, it has that sample at the end. Remember where it has the, uh, it's like, well, suckers try to bite, yeah, they, uh, then they try to pursue it, and then it samples Bob Marley. It's like, you explain to a musician, they knew it, but they can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it just so fits, though, like, even for, like, not liking the song as much, like, just the fact of throwing Bob Marley at the end there. It's like, ah, oh, you cheat-coded. <laughs> I, I love how many times the songs will just completely throw rhythm and everything out of the window just to pause yes. everything for a sample. Yes, it's so janky, but in the perfect way. There's one in particular, I can't remember what it was, but yeah. It's like, no, you're gonna love this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, lay it on me. Oh my god, another one where it was like, where it just sounded like, oh, we ran back into Johnny Royale again. He's like, oh, fuck it, baby, lay it on me now. Oh, not so hard, man. As <laughs> you hear the drums coming, he's like, boom, dip it down. He's like, yeah, not so hard, man. <laughs> oh, that was so awesome. And then, uh, yeah, Mike on the mic. Again, it's like, it's a quick one, but it's like, it's like it, 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 it at least felt like a full verse, you know what I mean? And the way it ended again, it's like, I keep my friends around so I have someone to talk to. I play my music loud because you know it's got clout to it. And then he just cuts to this random dude. It's a trip. It's got a funky beat. And I can bug out to it. To it. <laughs> And I could really bug out to it. <laughs> is this really is corny so voice? Like you can tell. Beat. Yeah, you can tell that was someone's. I mean, I think they said it's like a weatherman or something like that. But it just sounds like someone's like uncle, you know, someone's white uncle who just lit, heard rap for the first time. And he's just like, you know, what? it's not too bad, you know. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. 
and then was it AWOL the last one? Yeah, yeah. Th- this is the one where it's like, even though it's really short and it feels like, all right, we finally got to the stage. Yeah, let's rock the house, y'all. Let's rock the house, y'all. Yo, so and so, where you at? Yeah, so and so, where you at? You know, it was just like, it wasn't even a full song, but it's just because we were going through all of these things, it felt like the you know, but um bum of all of it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they finally yeah. made it to the show. Everything's going to be all right. And roll credits, you know? And you get the little thing at the end. To all the girls. You have to bring all it the all girls. the way back around. <laughs> like, oh my God. And then I, I love that really quick. You liked it? Well, some of it seemed good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm giving it a five. I got five. I, I got to give it that uh, four and a half. Four and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, because uh, I can't act like some of the wackiness does get a little too like but it's just on the tracks where it's just like the steam kind of rubs out a little bit but it's oh sure but it's not even that many tracks like like I even have to say that you know so that's why I'm like yeah it's still four and a half but I can't act like it's not there but like definitely fucking solid as shit we're heading on over to RC's request here because we've got De La Souls three feet high and rising another classic from the year That's 1989. Right. I think it's kind of a mixed bag, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, right there with you. <laughs> and can, can we just, you know, I, I think we're going to set a record here for the MC Chris sample <laughs> with the skits. The skits. Can we just talk about this narrative? Can we talk about this through narrative? The skits are bad. You hate the Meandering. skits. Meandering. I don't like the skits. You're right. No, and what the fuck narrative. they were trying to can we, what, the fuck? what they were trying to go for with this? Because look, I know this sounds bad. I know it sounds bad. I do think there is a lot of really, really good shit on here, but we need yes. to address this first because it's how the album starts. Yeah, they don't let you get around it. I, I wrote this down one minute and 41 seconds and not a single joke to be had. I don't right. know what the fuck this was supposed to be. This is a game show. It's a show <sighs> called Three Feet High and Rising. I don't know why it's called that. It doesn't matter. And I guess <laughs> all the members of the group are contestants on the game show. And well, they're, they're mad there. TV characters. Uh, one's an yeah. Australian orig- orig- aborigine. <laughs> And, and, uh, and they're asking these series of, like, impossible questions, right? Yeah, I can't even remember. Like, what the fuck? And it's like, okay, we're going to check in with these three and see if they got the answers. And, like, every few songs, <laughs> the song will end. I mean, th- this is the case for the big fuck single, Me, Myself, and I, even. If you're listening to it on Spotify, you're going to be listening to me, myself, and I, and it's just going to end with just like, so do you know the answer to the question? And and then the guy just not doing a joke, not doing anything, just kind of doing a voice and going, uh. Oh, no, I don't. It's like, what? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking why? This is so annoying. Why are you doing this? (laughs) That one in particular, the... No, I don't. I was like, what <laughs> is this no, doing here? It's not even like, oh, he gets it so ridiculously wrong what the answer is. It's just, no, no I don't. Uh, I don't know. Like, why? <laughs> why? why did you, you specifically had to put this here. No. For what reason? No. Oh, funny. No. I 
don't understand. It's like this is made just to be like, guys, we've got some great music, but we also need to be influential. Does influential need to be good? No, it doesn't necessarily need to be good. It just needs to be something that people are going to imitate. How about annoying shit that wastes people's time in between getting to the music that they actually want? Yeah, oh, brilliant. Let's do it. No one's done that before. Brilliant. Awesome. It's like, why are you doing this? Stop wasting our time. No one cares about this stupid fucking skit. And they don't even pay it off in the end. They're There's like, no if, you, if, if you want the answer, well, if you think you know the answer, put it on a two by four card. I'm like, what? That's what this was all. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no fucking way. And I, I, I got a dispute. If you look on Wikipedia, it is like perfect scores across the board. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta, I gotta say, I think, I think, it's just because this was different for the time. Yes, yes. And people were like, "Whoa!" And I even saw a quote of like, "I've never heard a rap album like this before." I could totally understand that. In nineteen eighty nine, for sure. Yeah, it, it's like a little dorky, like. It, it it's goofy, but not in a Beastie Boys way. It's goofy and kind of like almost like a self-deprecation, but almost in just like a hey, you know, we're just a bunch of positive guys just being goofballs. And it's like we've reviewed albums like this, yeah, yeah. that don't do it as good. Like your fucking boys come to mind. Uh, um, Ugly Duckling come to <laughs> mind. Of like people that try to do albums like this but fall on their fucking face. Um, yeah. and even that album had a goddamn through narrative too of like oh it's a restaurant that sells oh God, shitty yeah. food <laughs> I remember the, like, the one good song was at the end that was like that was actually kind of interesting <laughs> where it's like hey this is actually from the perspective of the guy rapping from the vegan version of it or something like oh, that oh god like, oh, yeah hey. that's right <laughs> why did you hide this <laughs> but even aside from the little clips at the end of the songs there's two songs on here in particular and I, I wrote down here for each one. What the fuck is this doing here? Do I rate oh, man. this? Because I wasn't yeah, right. sure if I should include them or not. <laughs> the, first, first of all, there's five. There's five other skits that aren't even related to that. There's five stupid ass, just nothing happening skits. <laughs> like yeah. the, the fucking cool breeze on the rocks, where it's like just sampling different people saying rock, and I was like, that's kind of an idea, I guess. Like, yeah, it was like it was a montage of rock like the word rock in different songs it was just kind of like a collage like it didn't really have any flow yeah. it was like if that it, was leading to like a song that was like oh sampling a rock song so it's kind of like oh it kind of fits like oh you want rock we'll give you rock like just some sort of purpose some sort of tenuous connection but it's just kind of like but, oh but no that, i just wanted to do that and that was the intro to can you keep a secret and i was like what the fuck is which, this yeah which feels like a skit too like it's just like so-and-so needs a haircut. Ooh, oh. Mace needs a And at first, it seems like it's like, oh, are they, like, joking on each other and, like, saying little things like, yo, so-and-so has dandruff, ha-ha, we're joking on it. But then they just keep saying, like, oh, everyone has dandruff, ha So it's just like, oh, so it's not even, like, a joking on people thing. It's just kind of a dumb thing. It's like, okay. And then take it off. What? You first, take it off. How, how many, how many layers off. of clothing is this woman wearing? Oh God, I just—they go on for so long. Is the thing? It's like, and it, yeah. If they're interludes, they don't need to be this long. Yeah, it's like, oh, I just really want to have sex with you. Is—is is that what it is? And it's like. <sighs> 
you know, I, I, I'm not saying they can't <laughs> do like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm not saying they can't do sex songs, but man, you have to try. Like, oh my god! And then the the just straight up sex skit, I couldn't believe it. Four years or five years before uh, Biggie Smalls, they oh. had a completely fucking unnecessary sex skit. What, what was this to prove? Like, oh, De La Soul still gets pussy, you guys. Like, the De La who, need, who needed it? No. I was no. like, stop. I don't want to hear you guys having sex. And that one is an intro, I guess, to Buddy, which is... 14 mini-verses from De La Soul, the Jungle Brothers, and Q-Tip, which... And it just goes. It goes all right. (laughs) It has some moments to it. Yeah, some moments. Like, Q-Tip has the shining moment at the end where he he actually, you know, brings it together. It's like, I could be your boy and you could be my buddy. Like, ah, that's one little joke on the, you know, intellectual property. Uh, (laughs) 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 But yeah, but just with like, um, what was it? Oh, I, I, I'm remembering because for the music video, there's like Queen Latifah and Moni Love in it, and I remember liking that version so much better because it feels like oh. things actually switch up a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh like, shit, I haven't seen that. Yeah, so yeah. it was like hearing this version is just like, oh man, it's like hearing the version of All You Need without Mary J. Blige on it. You know, it's just like, oh, I don't want this. I wanted the, I wanted the full version. <laughs> so we got uh, the magic number, mm-hmm. which um, I loved the Led Zeppelin beat. The uh, Schoolhouse Rock interpolation, the three oh, is yeah. the magic number. I thought it had some dope bars, but I thought it was kind of sloppy, and a lot of the bars didn't really match the beat, and they were kind of falling out of time. So much of this is sloppy, and it's in a way where it feels like a they're trying and experimenting with flows by like doing like, hey, let's do yeah. a halftime flow where we allow more words to be said, but it's like, but you can tell they're just not there yet. So a lot, so much comes out clunky, and because they're doing it slower, it feels even clunkier, you know, like. And that yeah. probably sounded really cool, new, and innovative in 1989. Right. So people were like, oh. <laughs> Holy shit, I gotta give it cool points. This is different. It's like, well, yeah, it's just messy, though. <laughs> yeah. I was even less of a fan of uh, Change and Speak. I like the beat with the funky with the... <clears throat> like, you really felt the impact of that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, of, of course you like the beat. How are you gonna like the vocals or the lyrics? You can barely hear them. Yeah. <laughs> they were so low in the mix, I could barely hear what the lyrics were. It was so weird. I wrote down that at this point... It sounded like a first draft album that needed a look over. Mm, like, mm. someone needed a proof, proof list in this. Because it feels like the first the first song's messy. It's out of time. This one, I could barely hear what anyone's saying. Then we just get Cool Breeze on the Rocks. And, and you, you keep, keep a secret. To, yeah, you, you put all this fucking time into these fucking half-ass songs. <laughs> it's like, maybe you should have put that time into the, finishing the, the songs that were actually songs, huh? How about that, guys? You know the Hank Hill meme? where he has the headphones on and he's just like staring ahead and his mouth's open. That was me. I'm sitting here listening to this and I seriously was like, oh no, does this album suck? And I just forgot. But honestly, honestly, overall, I still think it gets a passing grade, but we just yeah, haven't sure. got to any of those oh, yet. <laughs> yeah, it takes a second. Uh, it really takes a minute to get moving, because um, oh, man, then there's I wasn't Jennifer even really that big on Jennifer Taught Me either. No, no, Jennifer. sir. Yeah, sorry, oh. I said Janine because it's spelled awkwardly. <laughs> uh, the first verse, like they all, ha- they all say different. The first verse just goes Jennifer, oh, and I was like, 
That's but then the second one was like Jennifer O Jenny and I'm like okay that's an improvement <laughs> like over the other one. And what 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 the fuck was up with the you don't get pussy like a dude named Derwin <laughs> and it was and then so you like hear a, Derwin playing chopsticks. Halfway okay it was like okay for a second to be like oh yeah Derwin does kind of sound like a like a doofy name like I, I can imagine that guy doesn't get laid. Apparently it is a reference to a real friend they had. Um, it's, it's Ricky <laughs> Powell all over again. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, rap was so regional that they just assumed you would know about these people. Anyone who's listening to this probably knows who we are. You know. You I think know that's Derwin. Yeah, but then it just goes like, hey guys, let's listen to Derwin play chopsticks. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? What are you? And, and that's not the end of the song. No, let's get back to the song anyway. I'm like, what? <laughs> it went on for a little too long, but I honestly did think it was a kind of funny diversion. Just the fact that they put a skit in the middle of the... Like, if it had any relevance, then it would be fine. But it just felt like the album's just overflowing with skits. (laughs) I was going to say, not enough skits. We need even more? No. I put a a skit in your skit so you could listen to a skit. You're right. And there's even on the single, Jennifer Taught Me, and also another song called Derwin's Revenge, which isn't on the album. And I don't know what it is. I didn't listen to it. But I was just Jaws like, theme? What the fuck? y'all are pushing this Derwin character. Like he's supposed to be the fucking, the, he's the mascot of the group. Right. Yeah. Here is where I think we finally start cooking with some grease. Yes. And ghetto thing. Ghetto thing is the oh, first man. really good song on the album, which sounds, is funny yeah. because it's like they're this, they're this positive upbeat group. And here's the song where it's like, now we're going to talk some real shit for a second. I was like, oh, oh yeah, shit, okay. And it actually hits, like, their flows are working with, like, the baseline groove in a way that's like, whoa, this actually sounds like a lot more modern than you would be expecting. Yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, so they're out here talking about all the pitfalls of the black community and all the things yeah. that are making it hard. And uh, Like, uh, though confident they uh, they keep it kept, we know for a fact they lie like uh, they lie like ghettos form because people lack to see that they must get all out of the ghetto hole that the truth they never told because it's just a ghetto thing. But like, I love like they're actually giving a little bit of commentary like, oh, they're acting like we're, we're just in the hood because people are just lacking. It's like, no, there's a specific reason that the disproportionate amount of black people are living in this poor neighborhood. It didn't just happen that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, yeah, that, that slavery thing happened and then uh, there must have been some sort of business in between there. Uh, you know? <laughs> I did have to quote, though, this, what Genius considered a fun fact. De La Soul's hometown of Amityville, New York, Long Island is considered a middle class suburb. <laughs> well, it's like, look, look you know. You can- <laughs> Hey, you could be uh, black and going to school with people who are like, oh, yeah, I know some people that are from my cousins. Like, you know what I mean? You ain't got to be. You ain't got to be. You can still talk some real shit, even if you're not exactly in the middle of it. You know, you're still still bringing awareness. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. And and, and I think it would be like it would be worse if it felt like contrived, which it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Especially if it was like judgy. Yeah. Like, then it would have been kind of like, hey, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah, you and get, get out the get- Yeah, oh. <laughs> Like, that would have been big eye roll. But, you know, I-, I thought that album, I thought that song, rather, was um really strong. Yeah, I think it did a good job of, like, really illustrating that in a realistic way that felt like, 
like oh man you're giving us the real and it doesn't feel cheesy and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a lesson song it feels like no here's an honest song about some shit you know i wasn't uh i liked i know a little bit i did like the um the steely dan sample the uh i know i love you better i was talking real quick about the transmitting live from mars oh i must have skipped that where it's I didn't just, write that down. What is it's that? just some speak, uh, trans, like, you know, sort of, uh, oh, speak and learn French or something like that. And it's just like, come on, see if you play and Ilya something. And it was like, oh, oh my God, I don't right. care. I don't fucking care. Why is this happening? <laughs> Why are you I wasting my time now. with this? Why is this here, guys? Transmitting life from Mars. There's no French people on Mars. What are you, what's the point? What's the joke? What are you trying to do? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man. <laughs> but yeah, I know is actually a really fun love song. We we, we gotta we finally get another. We we pushed through the muck and grime, and we actually got a couple of like legit. Oh hey, this is I was like a single right here. Um, yeah. yeah, I know I love you, man. I love how fun and playful this is. I like yeah. it how the, I actually think the the halftime flow really works in this. You, you, and I like this. You hear a little whistling happening. <laughs> like you know it's just kind of like wow this is like a carefree just fun sounded ass joint you know um mm-hmm. yeah like it's one of those like oh i could imagine someone playing this day and be like oh when did this come from this just sounds like a sort of like timeless sort of fun little groove and i love the the fun little lyrics here like uh uh coming to my uh coming to my bed is the mood dolby sound will be the top will then be top crowned when i put the needle into your groove <laughs> like i just Ooh. oh okay oh <laughs> you shit. know like yeah, that was good this song, which is them being fun and, you know, daisy picking dorks or whatever, this song had a lot more uh, sexual uh, funness to it, I think. And, you know, at least like, you know, having a bit of subtlety and that, that can be sexy in its own way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, a little bit of a lyric, but oh, we're, I'm just telling you about a great time we're having. It's like, oh, that, that's, for the, that's for the ladies right there. I'm feeling that. And then just mm. to go to the stupid take it off and then later on the dumbass fucking, ooh, let me show you were having sex and sex and sex and it's just like guys come on like you actually yeah, had me earlier when you that you held work. back yeah it, it felt th- that felt insecure you know like well we still gotta show that i mean we can't be like gangsters because we know we're not that but we can show them that de la soul fucks you know like yeah i i liked or from or at least from what i remember i also haven't listened to it in a while the uh de la soul is dead album where the album itself is like a tipped over pot and it's oh, like yeah. hey we're turning the whole perception of our group as you know the daisy guys <laughs> yeah you know. we're doing black and white music videos now <laughs> yeah we're gonna have a little bit harder of an edge it's like i don't know if that was necessary really like yeah, i mean i guess when, <laughs> when you hated being pigeonholed I, I get that and also especially when you just look at like that quick crossover between like 91 and 93 of like no softcore shit of any sort anymore. Oh, yeah. Now <laughs> like, it all has know, to be hard. It was like MC Hammer, Kid and Play. Like, they all fell victim Oof. to the, like, oh, I guess we gotta be gay. Tupac is out now, so I guess we gotta be gangsters mm-hmm. now, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's like all the metal groups trying to be grunge when Nirvana came out. Oh, no. Well, we all gotta get our flannels on and pretend that we're 24 years old, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought a little bit of soap... <laughs> was a better attempt at what they were going for here. Yeah, it's a breather of a track, you know, yeah. Little short songs, I thought it was okay. They still needed to tack on the fucking game show thing. 
Yeah, and I, and I did like the little the, the, how they had the standby me beat working in there. Do do do, do you yes. know? Like I thought that was really cool, but it was, one was of those a really like, fun little catchy song. Yeah, yeah, a little tune. But it was annoying. He was like, "Why couldn't this be longer?" And honestly, if that's just what this is, like I can just listen to "If You Must" by Del the Funky Homo Sapien. You know, like uh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Like this is so nothing of a try. Oh, you stink! Uh, it's just like. Okay, you know, that's such like a fucking third grader of a joke, you know, like of a concept yeah. like, oh, we're going to make a song about people stink. You know, at least like Del the Funky almost like me went all the way with it being like the, the dude had one dread with fungus. He used to, you know, uh, plunge people's toilets with plunges. You know, this is a guy <laughs> no one would want to tug. Yeah, some guys took a cue from this little number. Like he really went in on it, you know. I think tread water, potholes in my lawn and say no go are all really strong cuts. Uh, okay, I, I think they're cool, but I, I feel like there's just one or two things that keeps bothering me about all of them. And oh, it keeps no. like pulling me away. Like Treadwater, as much as I want to enjoy it for what it is, like just hearing someone who just sounds like they're halfway through a glass of water constantly saying, Treadwater. That like, was just, gross. Yeah, I did hate like, that. The whole time. <laughs> I did not need that guy. Yeah, I agree. I forgot about that until you reminded me. Thank you. Stop but that. I did really like the really weird abstract story about meeting different animals and that they're just talking to them and like yeah. that weird sort of kid abstract sort of like, wow, they, you wouldn't hear this on like a song other than a rap song at this time, you know, like let's experiment with like a weird sort of, I don't know, I'm talking to animals, sure, why the fuck not? Like we can go wherever yeah. we want. It doesn't all have to be hardcore gangster shit, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, and I thought like we were talking on Ghetto Thing, that was like the, okay, this is the serious song. Tread Water was the really good mix of we're talking some real shit right the song is also going to be kind of silly yeah i thought it melded really well yeah i think this is a perfect example of what they can do yeah and i i thought potholes in my lawn was along those same lines but what was your uh what was your issue with that one it's just a confusing like metaphor or whatever it's supposed to be like oh these guys keep making potholes in my lawn and i need to leave a trap so i can see where they're leaving the potholes by stealing my lines by stealing my lyrics it's like leaving potholes in my lawn i'm like huh like i just it just feels a little contrived like they didn't really add like they had an imagery idea but they didn't really have how it was supposed to be a clever line you know like i take it you've never had potholes in your lawn (laughs) rc I mean, that, I, that that's where the relatability factor falls through. I, I guess, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> it, it is their suburban neighborhoods, and they had their little mini farms, and they were like, oh, these darn gophers. It kind of reminds me of when people bite my rhymes, I guess. <laughs> like, maybe if they had played... That is a one-to-one one one comparison, yeah. Maybe if they had played into it more. Like, earlier, oh, they got the animals. Maybe on this one, it's like, oh, I'm tired of these foxes. Swipe or no swiping my rhymes. You know, like... Yes. I just I just think they could have played into it a little bit more that it felt like they just kind of like they just didn't finish really having fun with the metaphor. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, now, I do have to say I did like the the hook in the backbeat with the yodeling that actually really fucking fit. The oh, yodeling. my God. <laughs> like that was actually really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, that's um that and the uh, the jaw harp are um 
Parliament samples. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's what I saw. And I was like, this feels like one of those things that someone would hate on them for. Like, oh, look at these motherfuckers using yodeling in the rest. It's like, but it's Parliament. Fuck you guys. You know? <laughs> and George Clinton has come out publicly and been like, I do not mind if people sample my shit to make something <laughs> new. I'm all for that. So Clinton would approve. It's okay. But just but just sampling such a unique thing, like not sampling, you know, the millionth atomic dog. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that. And uh, typically, I'm not one for um, anti-drug songs. <laughs> but I thought Say No Go was really fucking catchy. I, I think... This, this is another one to me that I feel like kind of ran out of steam halfway through. And it, it was like one of those things where like I could kind of tell it was an anti-drug song, but just a, like a certain part. Like, believe it or not, forms... Uh, like it, they're being too weirdly abstract and overwriting their lyrics. You know what I mean? Where I could hear, the, you know, where it's just like, believe it or not, the plot forms a fee more than charity, but the course doesn't co- coincide with the ride of insanity. What? Huh? <laughs> I actually thought "Say No Go" um, and a song we'll say later are my two favorite songs in the whole thing. I thought it was. I thought it was fine. Uh, like. I did like the little bit, but again, it feels like it just takes a little longer to get to it, but when he's just like, run me a score from the Funky 4 Plus from War, it's the joint, rewind that back, this is the age of a new stage of a fiend, watch how the zombies scream, it's the crack, like, I kind of like that, like, oh, oh wow. I where he's flipping it, yeah. you know? So it's not like I'm saying it's completely like it just feels like it. And even like I just feel felt like I should have liked this more because it's sampling like a group that I really like, you know, fucking I can't go for that. I love that song. So it's like that's one of those tracks like I don't care if somebody does sample. I'm going to like it. But I just remember when I first heard it being like, hmm, it's not really pulling me along. And then coming back to it again, like hearing it like years and years ago and being like, like De La Soul is one of those groups where like oh, they're weird and abstract, they're doing something different, and I felt like I should have automatically gravitated to them, but I I just felt like I never really did because, like, the certain tracks that I heard, other than, of course, the big monster track that initially, like, brought me into them, it it, it felt like they're just playing around too much, you know what I mean? And and in a way that's like, A Tribe Called Quest is like, oh, I know those are goofballs, and they're, like, just having fun, but, like, De La Soul just feels like, it feels like there should be a little bit more concentration there, and there isn't, because I hear other songs where they do sound like they're really doing something and it's like whoa what the fuck like oh god okay you guys are really on to something here you know and so it just feels like it like they're experimenting and it pays off sometimes and other times like it you know what i mean that's really what it is it's like a gorilla's deal where it's like Mm -hmm. you enjoy them for the personality and the fact that they are taking you know a a go for it but it's not always gonna land and i'm not sure they're really trying that hard half of the time anyway so maybe just have fun but it's such a weird thing (laughs) because it feels like you're supposed to respect them with oh de la soul you know they've got such a different image like they kind of doing things differently but then when i hear some of these songs i'm like huh that's not really as focused as i thought it was gonna be like the the song that i uh, reviewed and i remember getting a, a lot of backlash for was the um the, the ego tripping or something like that and i remember it being oh. a thing where i was like before i'd heard the song and having that feeling of like oh well, it's gonna be the last soul ego tripping oh what are they gonna talk about and then it's just like this is kind of weirdly abstract and I don't really know what they're talking about and it was like the fact that people thought that they were specifically dissing Tupac it's like well because they were being so like not specific that it was like well yeah well you just had a music video with a bald dude in it and it kind of looks like that music video so yeah I can imagine <laughs> people are gonna get mad you know what I mean like mm. because because they're just being too abstract and fucking around instead of like 
really focusing on something, you know, and I guess mm-hmm. it's weird to say focus on your abstractness, but <laughs> some of the abstractness just kind of comes off like amateur poetry night, you know, like that, that's the thing I think we're dancing mm-hmm. around a, a, a lot of this, you know, and so when they are acting like goofballs, like another quarter of the time, it begins to feel like, wait, should I even be taking the, the poetry thing? And it makes it feel even sillier. It's like, yeah, that was kind of goofy the way you were doing that. And it wasn't really as, you know, measured and done well. So it just feels like a lot throws you off in terms of like tone and how you're supposed to take mm. this stuff seriously, you know? Um, then there was Do As De La Does, which... Eh has a line where and I wasn't sure if they were saying this but it was just like it was like it was at least something where it was just like it's like if you got a German let me ask let me say ow oh yeah <laughs> it's like I guess that was what it would sound like if you had a German yeah, I suppose ah! yeah <laughs> it, this one this one ends really weird if you got um, doo doo in your pocket <laughs> it's like what oh, the fuck yeah. and I think somebody in the background says you are doo doo <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> oh yeah Pop Master Height is... What the fuck? (laughs) It was really jarring to me because I think the album, uh, language-wise, was kind of clean, too. I don't think they really cursed too much on the album. But then out of nowhere, there's this character who sounds like fucking Andrew Dice Clay going, Hey, De La Soul, you fucking lasagna heads. That's better than my mama's lasagna. Hey, hey, come on. That was freaking A, man. I really want to take it back home with me, you know? I really get into your fucking music. It's so excellent. Ah, you big sconzy heads. De La Soul is so fucking great. You pasta fuzzles. Like, I was like, what the fuck is I, I, this? I felt like literally like I just got like a badly animated 80s cartoon of a like uh, Italian Guido dude looking at me. Like it literally felt like that. Yo, yo, someone looking like Paul Williams with the hair and shit. Yo, yo, I did your fucking moolin' yawn music. Yo, you know, like, like yeah, why is this happening? I was just like, I, I, I could easily see this going in a racist direction. Yes, exactly. Where it's like, and, and it's like one of those things like they're pointing the camera, but the camera's like a little shaky as they're like looking at the guy. It's like, yo, I love your fucking music. I don't get you black people, but it's cool. <laughs> He's yelling and you're trying to get away. You're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me get the fuck when out When the camera's here. like awkwardly in your face, like a uh, do the right thing montage where they're showing all the racist <laughs> yeah. people, you know? <laughs> Just a little too close. <laughs> and yeah, it's another one where it ends with the, do you have the answer? No. It's like, S- scrap this. Who? Who? Who's this? Who needs? No. <laughs> then plug tune in. Last chance to comprehend. And I was really like, I don't know what we're supposed to be comprehending. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wrote, um, we're back to the just okay stuff. And, and it's like stuff where it's like, it, it's it feels like really like art school rap. Ooh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yo, I'm I'm trying to get these lyrics. Hey, oh. yo, what the fucking uh, uh, soul, eh? I'm rapping with the twist of lyricism in the mist, and you know what it. <laughs> You know, it just feels like yeah. a, you're you know you're not communicating an actual idea. You're just saying stuff, you know, like Oh yeah. It's yeah, that yeah. sort of feeling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to find this it's like flock to their preacher called pause. Let him be the stir to the style of your stew. Sit while the kid of the plug form aroma, then grab a daisy to sip your favorite brew. Letting the soul fire be at your fire, but don't let the kick drum stub your big toe. See that the 
three will be your thread. But like the man Chuck D said, what a brother know. What did what did that communicate at all? Like, you know? <laughs> what a brother know. You know, you've heard it. We all like, heard uh, it. Uh, like, you know, it's just like, what? Oh, negative noise will all be divided. Dangerous to dance. Pos, no, no, pos, postinus. What are these guys' names? <laughs> like, we hadn't talked about that. It's like, just their names. True Goy the Dove, which is yogurt spelled backwards. And then oh. Posdenus, which is supposed to be sound pod backwards, but that's not how you would spell it backwards. Oh. <laughs> it's like, and then, like, these guys are on some different shit. Well, like, that's really, you're really communicating a different energy. You're like, my name is Yogurt, spelled backwards. That is a different energy than what's happening in the rap game in the late 80s. Like, yeah, rappers aren't yeah. even acknowledging Yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single like, Yogurt reference to be had. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things. It's just, like, a bit of overwrapping, which feels like it's trying to impress you with it when it's not, you know? Like, mm. It's that sort of thing. It's like, if you're actually going somewhere with a thought and you're actually having like a cohesive, I'm actually saying this and going to this and along the way, I'm dropping some funny lines. That's clever because like, oh, I'm following you along with the actual thoughts and then you're saying cool stuff throughout. But this just feels like, you know, the cleverness is just supposed to be in how I'm doing this thing that's not really saying anything to me clever, but I'm just overly pontificating, saying a really simple idea, you know? Mm. Um, and then De La Orgy... What in the hell? No. And it, it like it makes the next song even less respectable. <laughs> like Yeah, it's just like it's like, like I'm really not excited for this now. <laughs> yeah. And then description. I don't know why this came so late in the album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like here's what we are and here's every single person and yeah, and, Here, and it, yeah, here's what we're all about. Like, oh okay, cool. And then China and Jet their little mini verse, which I found out. Okay, so you know, just just to give it a little uh, uh, a little tell, like you know, the yeah. me and myself and I song is all about how like oh everyone labels us as like we're just these hippies, but we're not that. We're something more than that. Da, da, da. And then I'm like, wait, you had because uh, I looked this up. China and Jet were De La Soul's backup dancers who had a habit of throwing flowers into the crowd at their shows, reinforcing the hippie image that they would attempt to reject with their with their out next album. And I'm like, what? You have your, yeah. they're throwing daisies into the, like, come on, you're bringing this on yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. like, I thought it was like, oh, they're putting that on them just because their music sounds very flowery. It's like, oh, that's messed up. You can't do that to them. And you got them. daisies on the fucking album cover. Yeah, it's like, well, then what, what are you expecting? Like, you know? How dare you label us? With yeah. the thing we put on our own album cover. Right, like, at least have something where you're, like, putting a, a flower in a gun or something like that. To, you know what I mean? In the barrel of a gun to be like, hey, we're, 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 you know, we're for peace, but peace is strong, too. You know, like, maybe something like that, right? Like, you, you know, isn't that the image of the hippies, like, putting the, the, the flower in the in the gun to be like, oh, peace is stronger than war. You know, at least, like, bring it back yeah. to a message. But it just, they just kind of have those there. <laughs> Guys, a flower. Mm. Imagine being at their show and just getting pelted with a flower. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't actually cool, as cool as I think you guys think it is. Like, I get the image of doing it is, is cool, but, like, it's actually still, like, moving through the air and hitting someone. <laughs> but yeah, me, myself, and I, I don't know what this was doing this late in the album either. Oh, oh my God. I was like, guys, put this earlier. 
<laughs> really snuck in under the wire. And it so has a different energy than everything else because almost everything else they're doing is like this halftime rapping where it's like kind of the delivery is kind of labored and so it's taking longer to get to what they're saying. And they're kind of doing that here, but because the beat is faster, like you just get mm. to it more. So the energy is so much more enjoyable. And like uh, to me, this track is fucking evergreen. Like it still yeah. hits me with the same pop as I as I remember hearing as a kid when I first heard this song. You know, when you're a kid and like it's the 90s, but you still kind of see stuff in the 80s as like the way things are, you know, because that's just kind of <laughs> the last thing that happened, you know. The, you know, that's the last like established way things are sort of thing, you know what I mean? And so I remember mm. seeing like, yeah, those guys are like rejected and, and they get kind of like this, but like, you know, they're their own guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like it still carries that energy, even though there is three of them. So I was always kind of like, yeah, it's just me, myself and I and, and my two other friends. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's still fucking gold. It's still fucking gold. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, there's really no touching this one. Uh, iconic <laughs> sample for the fucking beat. Like, even their dumb inside jokes that are on here, like, it, it doesn't affect... <laughs> like, that's what I realized. I was like, they keep talking about, like, Dan Stuckey and, and the, 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 the phrase of rhyme, this phrase of speech that I'm doing or something like that. And it's like these things that, like, are, like, clever by half. <laughs> Where they're like, oh, it's like it's like a metaphor for rapping. My pattern of speech, and it's just like that. Just say rapping, like it's not that clever, guy. You know, it's it's clever divided by three. Yeah, but even then, like you're still just enjoying the flow of the rhythm over this track so well that it still fucking works. You know what I mean? And the music video is fucking iconic. You know, this is a recording for living in a full time era. <laughs> This I is a really like this one too. Yes, but I needed to remind you that this is a recording. This is a recording. This is a, recording. This is a podcast recording. <laughs> like, <laughs> this uh, was not live. It, it so pissed me off when I heard that sample the first time because my brain immediately went like, they're not going to keep playing that, are they? <laughs> this is a recording. <laughs> yep. I was like, I know. <laughs> what really annoyed me is that it says, living in a full time era, parentheses, <sighs> life. Life. It's living. You can't. You can't put the word in the acronym. These so unclever things that they do. Like, oh, the Daisy Age. What is the Daisy Age? Well, it's the inner sound, y'all. What? What? No. No. The inner is already. Y'all like, can't be in it. That's uh, cheating. Yeah, like I get how you're trying to be clever with. Oh, it's duh. It is the first line. But if it's the Daisy era, then it's the the Daisy. Era. <laughs> there was a wrestling stable called the Union in uh, in the late '90s, which is ironic because they won't let wrestlers unionize. Oh no! <laughs> it was these four dudes who. Range in coolness. <laughs> Range in coolness. The coolness varies. <laughs> You've got Mick Foley, a.k.a. Mankind. He's dope. He's a hardcore mm. legend. He's cool. Uh, you got Big Show. You know, he's there. He's, okay, you know, he's, okay. he's, he's kind of green, but he's there. Okay, you he's got Ken shocker. Shamrock. Uh, <laughs> the crew. <laughs> Ken Shamrock is, a, is this ultimate fighting guy. He's a fucking badass. It's like, okay, that's cool. And then you just got this guy, Test. Who's just kind of there, and then he's wanting to marry Vince's daughter, but Vince's daughter is like, oh no, my brother won't let me. They wanted him to pop, but it's not happening. It ain't happening. But, um, so they're called the Union, and it also stands for Union. Wait, wait, wait. Union of people you ought to respect, son. 
Which, which, if you're wondering, stands for up yours. Every villain is living dead ass back A criminal regiment of nasty young men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, I can do anything, Dalecratic. Oh man, this dumb fucking. <laughs> I can hold two pieces of doo doo in my hand. Get this out of here. <laughs> See, I thought Dalecratic was catchy. I just wish they would have done something more with it. Yes, like, just have it go somewhere. It's so, like, a... Were they just not expecting people to listen to most of this or something? <laughs> like... They're gonna check out after me, myself, and I. That's, that's what they were all waiting for. It doesn't matter what else we do after this. But, now, Daisy Age. I actually really like... <laughs> This is them doing an innovative sort of like rhyming style where the pattern is like this inverted rhyme where the rhymes are like at the start and at the very end of the rhyme couplets, like, you know, uh, measure wise, because it's at, they start with paragraph, president, president preaching about the one tech known as the one step step and take a bow, Amityville. Resident. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, paragraph president is, you know, that was the rhyme at the beginning, and now the rhymes at the tip. Like, that's actually a really cool fucking thing. I actually remember as a kid, like, coming up with, well, thinking that I came up with something like that, where it's like, oh, I'm going to, like, flip a rhyme and do something different, you know? And so it's interesting to hear, like, other people, you know, being like, oh, hey, how about we, yeah, play with where we're supposed to put the rhymes and really, like, make you hear it in a fun way. And yeah, like, it, it's, it doesn't make for, like, the best like listen through or whatever like it's not like the most breezy listen but it's just interesting to hear like oh that's what they're doing like the with the sun ceiling ceiling connects to the sun burning inside uh, and like everyone on a side plug a fight sire one million demonstrates of her da, da, da. like i thought that was really cool you know what i mean and, and then there was a plug tuning which is on the the 12 inch version only apparently but uh I listened to it oh. because it's apparently the, like their first song like it's like the first one that they recorded yeah uh, and it's, again, like, the same way I felt about Potholes in My Lawn, so many songs by De La Soul, where it's like, oh my god, this is a classic song, and then I go listen to it, and I was like, and that was fine. Like, <laughs> you know, I hear the promise. If I heard, maybe, if I heard this in 1988, I'd be like, ooh, yeah, I wonder where these guys are going. And it's like, I, you hear it pay off in little bits and moments, and it's one of those things where, like, no, I definitely don't want to, you know, be like, oh, fuck these guys, because they were doing good enough, because, like, I hear, they're like, ooh, they're trying, but it's just like, I can't act like I'm not hearing what I'm hearing, you know? I don't remember if I liked it better or not than the album version. Plug, tune in, potholes in my lawn, like, they all, a lot of the tracks just sort of come off to me as, like, you know, art school rap first drafts, where it's just like, hey, isn't this a cool idea of doing with this? Is like, yeah, but this needs to be refined. Like, I under, like, you know, when you're, like, in art school, you came up with a clever idea, but, like, you still need to make me care that I'm listening to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Overall, what, what, what did you come out with? I got a three. Yeah, I got a three as well. The, yeah. 
it, it, it sucks to say. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I still like De La Soul is still like a legacy group. And I think if we go through their other albums, I think they definitely do get better, like inevitably get better, especially as they go into yeah. like the 2000s. Uh, these are the, the roots, the the plug like flower roots that they have i, I just uh, imagine especially with the last song uh, that i just imagine old 1930s animation with plugs that look like they're in flower pots like that kind of look like flowers you know what i mean like you know maybe if they would have played into that sort of weirder imagery i think i would have enjoyed it more but it, they just keep bringing up shit about flowers and plugs but they never really like do anything with it you know what i mean like yeah. it, it just feels like a bunch of inside jokes that it's just like uh, you don't know what we're talking about fuck you <laughs> like you know <laughs> So I want to go back to specifically late 80s, early 90s aesthetic. There's just something about that that's really cool. <laughs> we got to bring back the fisheye lens at the very least. Yeah, right at that, uh, you know, not before it gets too cynical in the late 90s, right? When it's still, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? When when the irony takes over and we yeah. can't tell if anything is genuine anymore. No, no, no. Yeah, when it's still fun and people are willing to experiment and be goofy and stupid. Yes. And, the, the music videos are cheap, but they're creative because they're like, oh, hey, here's a thing nobody's seen yet. So let's just show that little visual effect. You know, like we can't just get Drake and Future doing a goofy music video like that can't be the most we, we get. Right. <laughs> and, and I know there's people who like aren't as mainstream doing more creative stuff out there, but y'all aren't getting, you know, the promotion and the ex and the, the uh, exposure y'all should be getting, you know. You aren't being seen on as big of a stage as a Drake in a future. And it's a damn we're, shame. We're representing the genre, yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why for this podcast we try we try to put on uh you know, for, for the stuff that's not necessarily getting the spotlight right now. That's why we do these uh uh, you know, throwback requests of our own shit, as well as taking your yes. requests. You know, the, the stuff that doesn't get as much love. You, the people, we we take the power from the rich and give it back to you, the people. You know what I'm saying? The so, people, yes. So you know, if you want to request something for us to review, uh, or your indie joints, you know, because you, you got something to prove, and you're like, yep. hey man, you, you got to throw this off. We we're, we're the new digital underground version of like back in the Ooh. late '80s, and they're like, hey man, you got it. You gotta play this record, man. You gotta play this record, man. We gotta go into the DJ booth and bang on the thing until they listen to it and give it a chance. Well, you know what? If you want to do that for us, we can we, we can do that for you. Head on over to to kofi.com slash going off and, and and get it in, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I'm exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> was, whoa, was, man, we really went we, to. <laughs> we, we haven't done a long recording in a minute, so right. I'm just like, oh, oh boy. Uh, this is podcasting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Having> a... <laughs> oh, no. Well, now it's definitely time to wrap it up. But, um, <laughs> Having a topic, talking about it, going off into different directions. <laughs> I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> we we got to tell you, you got to make sure you're following us on Twitter and, and Patreon and Kofi. And we're all over the place. Fan House, the Rivcom's Fan House. I'm not really posting anything on there right now, but uh, if you want to support me, that's a good way to do it. You can all support me on Patreon and Kofi. And get all the exclusive content that's over there. That's right. Yeah, that's oh what it's all God. about. Oh, my God. I mean, there is over 300 exclusive videos on the fan on the uh, Rivcom's Fan House to uh, to go back and check out. And uh, we, we occasionally post some uh, behind-the-scenes videos like... Um, uh, setting up and the the conversations we have before the videos actually start and sometimes the stuff at the end we're just kind of like tearing everything down and just kind of goofing uh, so you can see those at uh, fanhouse.app slash riffcoms 
And I know you're holding it down with your streams. Oh, of course. Uh, Patreon.com slash Rap Critic, first of all, if you want to see uh, episodes early, because I'll be posting those up, as well as uh, my movie mm-hmm. podcast and uh, the Discord, where you can chat with me and fellow fans. We'd be, you know, shooting the shit, playing video games. We, uh, we were playing this uh, rap video game. I'm not sure if I mentioned that last time, where you have to, like, come up with a, a verse, like, they give you a random uh, prompt, and you have to, like, write a verse with the rhyme. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did mention that. Yeah, yeah, so come through. We play that every now and again, you know, try to give people incentive to come kick it with your boy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, on uh, my my, uh, my personal Kofi, if you want to request a movie or a music video or a music stream on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash rapcritical, where we be you know listening to the music's over on station net so i don't get in trouble with the copyright lords and uh you know (laughs) (laughs) and also you know it it is like hey it's a legitimate listen you can come through and listen to it over here you know what i mean so it's like you know being multi-dimensional with the multimedias or whatever and also staying out of legal trouble (laughs) and uh Mm -hmm. and because yeah the streams they'll really get on you if they if they hear something you know what i'm saying because they're like we don't play that shit we know motherfuckers we play music in the background and shit (laughs) so i'm like okay i'll play by I, i play by your rules <laughs> so yeah we do it like that and that way you get uninterrupted my uh my thoughts on tracks and stuff like that you know we go through the billboards top 100 as well as uh, i'll take requests for like best of an artist or best of a producer i've been doing that lately uh, recently i did a best of like timbaland where i was like all right what's his best beats you know uh and so you know just an excuse to listen to a whole bunch of dope ass 90s shit and we talked about this whole album we didn't even shout out prince Paul. <laughs> Oh, Prince Paul killed oh, it on, on Dallas. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Hell yeah. Game of production. Do a fucking uh, Prince creativity. Paul stream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yo, that would be... <laughs> there Ooh, would be boy. a lot of new world. Yeah. Hey, look, you can make the request, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. I had a hit of that Kofi, Kofi.com slash Rap Critic. I'm Get just giving y'all ideas here. <laughs> but yeah, this would like, be a fine place to start. Dust yeah. Brothers, we talked about oh, them. Yeah, I mean, come on. And we do, like like I said, we do lots of types of streams. Best of an artist. Uh, I, I'm doing a thing where, like, um, yeah, like, I do the Billboard streams, but I also am trying to do other things like, oh, best of, like, you know, just rap from a certain year or or best of uh, my personal favorite artists. Or, like I said, sometimes people were requesting, uh, what you call it? Uh, someone requested, like, hey, what do you think of best of a genre or something like that? And I was like, oh, okay, I could do, like, a what's my favorite new metal cuts? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we can have a good yeah. time. You know, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> get with it, act like you want it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's all of our. That's all, oh yeah, give us five star ratings on the thing, right? We got to say that to be professional podcast people. Uh, rate us five stars and, and tell your friends on yourselves. Oh yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and for going off, we will see you next time. But until then. I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And it's Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Yeah, you get it? Yep. 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 Oh, you see, because, wait, let me explain. It's very clever. No, no, I I think. (laughs) I think. (laughs) (laughs) The the sarcastic laugh. (laughs) The the credulous laugh. Oh, I think. Cleverness is getting through to the people. <laughs> oh, 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 RC, I think. <laughs> <laughs>